it might be. Thank you for getting to another episode of the Show Show Podcast here on SmallPort.com. I'm your host, JG Smooth. And you know, you might notice I did bust out there was a good day intro, which means that if you listened to last week's episode, then you know uh, what occurred uh, this past Saturday for me to bust out the alternative intro music. But uh, before I jump into that, those of you who were not uh, tuned, tuned in to last week's episode of Chosho Podcast, um, I have huge breaking news. Um, the UCO women's soccer team has uh, just won, literally five minutes ago, just won the MIAA conference tournament with a dominating 6-1 to win over defending national champion Central, Central Missouri. So, uh, Lady Broncos now go to 20-1 on the season and um, against Will Await the uh, start of the NCAA, NCAA tournament for their quest at, at a national championship. Uh, as I've mentioned numerous times on this podcast before, these ladies are just dominant uh, on, these, on the soccer field. Um, uh, case in point today it was five to one at the half. So uh, they they did not mess around. They went there, got the job done, and so congratulations to a special bunch of Lady Broncos here clinching uh, not only a regular season conference championship but now a uh, tournament conference championship. So uh, huge, huge news there out of uh, UCL soccer. So uh, congratulations and keep up the good work. Uh, also, um, this this Friday, it, uh, the basketball teams tip off. Uh, they they tip off. There's a crossover tournament. Um, they will take on, I believe, it is Northwestern State uh, Friday. Uh, that that is on the road. Um, so that both both men and women's will will be in action. And uh, on top of that, the the um, the basketball previews, uh, as you know, again, if you have listened uh, last week, I said there are going to be two podcasts this week that are still going to hold firm. Now, the basketball one that I said might be this week will be pushed back to next week uh, because my plans for a CNI special uh, right now are on track to happen. Um, so, uh, when that does become complete, I will for sure. Um, as you all know, I'm not going to tell you this time uh, what it is, uh, but just know that I think you all will really enjoy it. Um, it will be somebody. It will. It will, it will be with, with somebody near and dear to my heart that I have mentioned on this podcast. So, uh, <clears throat> you want to take a uh, a gander at who it might be? Uh, feel free to do so. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm looking looking forward to this, and, and, and I'm hoping that you all are, are too. And uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to have it out as soon as possible. Um, but definitely no later than Friday evening. Uh, that is the latest I I can do this here just for time's sake. Um, so uh, be on the lookout for that. It'll be another Chosho special. Uh, so we've already had this will be the second one in as many weeks so hey that's 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 good i cannot stress you all enough here uh how blown away uh i am uh how my man 
uh, Anna Francisco is. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to my man Anna Francisco here. Uh, was a next gen under 30 award recipient. So, uh, my man Anna Francisco, uh, also known as Suave. Uh, Shout out, man! A props, my man. Props because uh, if you if you do not if you, if you do not know, Suave is the man who site uh, I I use for the podcast and the Cowboys reports. So uh, you know, shout shout out to him because you know, with, without his site, this might be possible, and it's good to see his hard work pay off. Uh, now, with that out of the way. Um, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you, you missed you missed a lot. But if you don't listen, miss missed last week's episode. Uh, I said if the Broncos were to somehow get a third trade shutout, that would definitely warrant. It was a good day intro, and they got a third straight shutout. So, uh, I, I, I mean, a, a dominating win. You know, last, last week, uh, I mentioned how the Missouri Southern game was not the best effort. Uh, it started off similar to that. Um, you know, it was 7 nothing at the end of the first quarter. You kind of disappointed in that. Uh, but they turned it around and proceeded to score 55 points. Uh, again, 55 points over the last three quarters uh, to uh, to beat rival Northeastern State 62 to nothing on the on the road for the fifth straight uh, President's Cup. So uh, for the fifth year in a row now, the cup will stay where it belongs in Edmond. Um, this marks the yeah, I mentioned this marks the third straight shutout. Um, this is the this is the first time that uh, the Broncos have posted three straight shutouts uh, since 1979, and only the second time since 1942. So, um, defensive 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 Russ Pickett, my man, a great job here on the defensive side of the ball. I, I've seen the energy here; they're flying around. Uh, they're causing havoc here, and uh, you know, the, 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 it it had definitely you you can you can tell a difference from uh from that county game uh to Dallas a completely different defense and uh they have flexed their muscles here the past three weeks uh posing back to back to back shutouts um this is their 15th straight win in the president's cup I mean, I mean not, 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 not 15th straight this is their 15th uh uh, this is the fifth straight win in the in the uh, rivalry, and this is the second largest win in the history of the rivalry. Let's date back to 1915, which is um, actually the biggest margin of defeat when UCO won that game, 83 to nothing. So uh, you know, you know, last year I believe UCO scored 63 points, but surrendered three touchdowns. Uh, this year they scored one point less and surrendered no touchdowns. So uh, uh, hey, progress was made. Um, so you know, I, I mentioned the defense here. They forced, uh, well, they, they forced three turnovers. Uh, the special teams technically forced a turnover. It was one of those actually where uh, I did not see it because uh, I watched it on on the webcast. But I went to go get some food, and when I came back. Uh, I noticed there was 42 points on the on the board, and I had no idea what happened. But my dad was watching it and uh, informed me that um, after UCO scored quickly into the half, uh, that on the kickoff, 
Uh, for some reason, Northeastern State did not feel the kick. They 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 let it bounce, and uh, Colton Lindsay, who had uh, one interception, one of the one of the one of the, one of the three inter- 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 interceptions on the day, uh, recovered that. Um, so uh, I wish I would have seen that play because I I I'd like to see what the return man was thinking on that, but uh, it is what it is. Um, so. Uh, but Cole, Cole Lindsay um, had one pick, uh, recover fumble, uh, and he returned his his uh, interception, twenty four yards for a touchdown. So uh, Cole Lindsay, um, you know, last week he had that interception on an opening drive against uh, Missouri Southern, and then had that forced fumble. <coughs> Excuse me. Had that had that forced fumble that resulted in a O'Shea Harris uh, seventy yard. From recovery for touchdown. Speaking of Mr. O'Shea Harris, Mr. O'Shea Harris also had an interception in this game, along with Kobe Underwood, who uh, has has come along nicely here after a rough start. Um, you know, uh, and another guy that got off to a quick, a, a really fast start here, Mikhail Hall. Uh, Mikhail Hall, the guy that I, again I have continued to give credit for uh, and credit to here. Uh, you know, I I was I was critical of Mikhail Hall. I mentioned numerous times on the podcast beforehand um, because I had been told of the great potential of Mr. Hall, and he was not living up to it. I believe he had. Three catches in the first four games, something like that. It, it, it was it was not great stats, but then he had that uh, a decent game against Lindenwood, and and he seemed to have turned the corner. I know Bobek has said numerous times here that he credits the turnaround to his practice habits. Um, whatever it is, I, I'm glad it's happening here because Mikhail Hall, uh, in the first quarter alone. Okay, in, 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 the, in the first quarter alone here, uh, had three catches for 112 yards uh, and a touchdown that came on a 66-yard touchdown pass. But again, in the first quarter alone, on three catches, he had 112 yards receiving. Um, you know, uh, it, 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 it definitely was a dominating uh, performance there from him. Uh I mean, in the first quarter, I mean, you know, it, it, it was on that first drive was the McHale Hall show. Uh, I mean, literally was the McHale Hall show. Um, and again, you know, this is a guy here. I mentioned before McHale Hall, just uh, another guy, another weapon here that has stepped up in the absence of Lillian Curry. You know, Lillian Curry now with his holding injuries out for the season. Uh, you know, you, the, the main man had been Dustin Boskis, but of late, it has been... Uh, it has been McKeel Hall. Uh, Dustin Bachman actually had a quiet day. Um, finishing with just four catches for, for, for 36 yards. But, you know, when you have, you know, a guy like McKeel Hall here finishing his day with six catches and two touchdowns. But had 200 yards and 33.3 yards a catch. Uh, you know, that's that's definitely going to um you know that they you know to uh, divert the attention there of the quarterback and you will Collins here who finished with uh two hundred and seventy eight yards passing three touchdowns one interception that was a very uh poor throw he forced the coverage there in the uh in scoring range actually not that they would have mattered in, in this game but you know you know you don't you don't want to see red zone 
turnovers, but um, he had a he had a solid day. And then in the sad part here is uh, that which was just good because it segues uh, into the next group. I want I want to I want to discuss here in the second half. Uh, you know, you should re- did not really pass the ball. You know, they they really ran they ran it the whole time in the, in the, in the first half. Uh, Clay McKenzie was the main uh, back here. He had uh, 22 carries for 86 yards, two touchdowns, and 3.9 yards of carry. And then, um, and then my man Sabor Daniels, uh, just a guy that I like. I couldn't tell you why I like Sabor Daniels. It's something about Sabor Daniels that I just like. And Sabor Daniels actually beat uh, Justin Curry uh, off the off the bench uh, in the game. He was the second back. And uh, Sabor Daniels was taking full on advantage of that. Uh, he had uh, he had he had ten he had ten carries for thirty seven yards. Uh, was actually uh, was close again to getting a touchdown. As I mentioned last week, he was close to getting a touchdown, and it took him out the game. They put in McKenzie, uh, but this week he was close, and then that's when tragedy struck here for uh, Sabor. Uh, he got bitten back in ways you were not supposed to bend. Um, they had to pretty much carry him off the field. He put no weight on one of his legs. I, I think it was the right leg. Uh, put no weight on it. And it's not looking good for Sabor Downs, which is unfortunate because Sabor Downs is a guy here. Um, you know, made a position switch coming out of East Central. Um, you know, and then played some this year. And then when he did play again, showed some promise there. I uh, was making all of his carries count. Was having a great drive up to that point, and and then unfortunately suffers. Uh, but I'm going to go on a limb here and say it's probably a season-ending injury. So uh, thoughts and prayers out there to Seymour Daniels. I hope he has a speedy recovery here uh, because Seymour is a very promising back that uh, I would like to. See think here, especially if he can he can recover from that injury, have a good spring. Well be in line not only for carries, but you know, I mean that 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 starting job here again, say you know McKenzie is a senior and say we're Daniels. They beat Curry off the off the bench uh, Saturday, so you know I'm just saying here, Samuel Daniels, a talented back in his uh, in his own right. Now he will be pushed because I mentioned last week uh, they brought in several quality backs last year, including Peyton Scott, the Oklahoma Gatorade Player of the Year last year out of Sand Springs, and uh, Tucker Pauly, a very good back, literally two or three times state champion from uh, Bigsby. So. Um, We'll still have still competition there. They also have Bruce White back. Uh, I believe Bruce White has better, has better injuries too this season. I remember now, uh, Bruce White was a you know former walk-on also from East Central who um, you know proceeded to uh, step up in, in uh, you know you know when 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 all the backs were hurt, uh, saving Sable Daniels' red shirt and uh, going off you know having uh, a couple of hundred hundred yard games down the stretch there. So the backfield. Um, is still in good hands. Now, that being said, uh, after the Sabor Daniels injury, they went, they went with Clay McKenzie for the rest of the half. The second half, Clay McKenzie uh, did not play. I was not surprised about that. Uh, so, Justin Curry, at that point, by default, 
uh, gotta be game now. To now, to Kerr's credit here, he did not let the opportunity go to waste because in the second half, uh, on 18 carries, he had a 157 yards, three touchdowns on 8.7 yards carry so including a long of 46 that he broke for a touchdown in the fourth quarter um Justin Curry you know this guy is good uh you know my dad pointed out that he definitely is probably uh one of the quicker backs that, that we have uh you know it, it Clay, Clay McKenzie again is your is your downhill rusher here Curry is is more your speed guy um you know so uh that that's always that's always good, uh, you know that 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 you have, you know, that you you go three deep, and they're all, in my opinion, at least quality running backs. But uh, Curry, uh, Curry pretty much was the offense there in the in the second half because again they did they did not pass much. Um, they actually pulled Will Collins. Blue was midway through the third. Uh, I was kind of surprised because I did not know the status of Chandler Garrett. Now they now they 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 did bring in Chandler Garrett. Uh, he didn't do anything but hand it off. They did not attempt uh, any more passes. Uh, they handed it off. Um, so they probably so. Chandler, so I, I don't know how healthy Chandler Garrett is. Uh, I'm assuming not too healthy because they did not run or throw him. They just had him hand the ball off. Um, so. Uh, that was interesting because I was curious to see how that was going to work. Um, and then, uh, and then another note here, true freshman H-back Isaiah Jackson, I believe out of Broken Arrow, uh, was a guy I was surprised that, uh, that they were playing this year because they have uh, Dante McGee, Daxton Williams, and uh, uh, Michael Tolson. Uh, all, all back there at H-back. Now, I know Caleb Moss was the H-back last year. He has since graduated, but they had three other H-backs, and I was surprised that they played him. They brought in two. They brought him and they brought in a guy from Westmore, um, and I was surprised that they played him, but um, I, I see why, because the guy is a really good blocker. I believe he's, you know, He's not he's not ultra big yet. I'm assuming once he hits the weights, uh, the office in here he he will gain some. I believe he's playing right now uh, around 210 pounds. But uh, he did make his first touchdown catch uh, on a on a final touchdown. They they had him blocked for a second and he kind of um, slipped out of the backfield and uh, Will Collins found him and and, and got the touchdown. So uh, congratulations to. Uh, 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 Isaiah Jackson there on your first career touchdown. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it was definitely a great day, um, you know, uh, for you for each of football, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, they came out there. They definitely played 100% better than they played against Missouri Southern. Uh, the running game um, <clears throat> at 303 yards. Uh, UCL finished the day with 581 yards. Uh, 507 in the red zone. 25 first downs uh, and eight of fifteen on third downs. The, the, I would say the one area of concern for me is the kicking because uh, Alex Vito, usually a reliable kicker, missed a easy field goal from I, I know it was inside thirty yards and then also missed the extra point. Uh, that that was the one concern I had because it could have been sixty six. <clears throat> Excuse me. To nothing. 
um, it said it's 63. So, uh, and, uh, so you know, it, it, is, it is what it is. But again, an all-around solid win. Uh, the defense um, dominated the game here. Uh, Northeastern State only had eight first downs, only 40 passing yards, uh, 415 on third downs, and, <coughs> and made zero trips into the red zone. So uh, you know that's that's real impressive numbers. Um, I mean, really impressive numbers. Uh, uh, defensively, um, it's just all around solid effort. You know, no, no one really stuck out to me except for the guy I'm gonna call KK because I do not want to butcher his name. I just do not. Excuse me. You want to butcher this man's name. But he's a defensive tackle. He's a juco, I believe, from Garden City. Made his presence felt. Now, now the man only had five tackles, uh, two for loss, and one sack. But the man pressured that pocket uh, like you would not believe. That that had that, uh, with, with since since Mike Rios uh, left with in that uh, no one injury state game with the knee injury. The middle. Wall has been solid. The push hasn't been there, but uh, in, in yesterday's game, Saturday's game, the push was there, and I, I do want to get make sure that I give him uh, some credit there because he really did push that pocket right there. Definitely forced some of those some of those bad throws that uh, the quarterback made for Northeastern, and um, was a key part of getting the shutout. So looking forward now, after three dominating performances, uh, they now face a team here uh, in Emporia State on senior night. Um, uh, that is six and four. They're, they're, they're coming off of their own senior night win, a 48-0 win over Missouri Southern. So back to playing the Missouri Southern uh, people again, like always, because it seems to be how this works. It seems like the team we play the following week always plays Missouri Southern the week before. Now, uh, I, I didn't notice while looking at the at the stats here. Um, it was 0-0 after the first quarter, which was, excuse me, which was surprising because um, on the season, Emporia outscoring their opponents in the first quarter 54-41. So to see not only 0-0, uh, but against Missouri Southern here, um was definitely uh, interesting to me, but they did, you know, score 48 straight points there from quarters two through four. Security win has 627 yards of offense. Uh, they they had now a stat that I found extremely staggering here. Uh, they had nine kickoffs for 487 yards, which is literally almost. Which is which is double, almost three times the amount that Missouri Southern had total offense, which was 177. So uh, that is your fun fact for the day. Uh, you know that that that's that says a lot. I think more about um, Missouri Southern than it than it than does Emporia here, but. Uh, you know, um, Emporia though again uh, six and four. Now this is a team here. Uh, I need to more sound too because uh, some teams lost actually. Uh, Northwest Missouri lost to I believe it was 
who they 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 did lose. They lost and Pitch State lost. Now, I don't know where that puts Ishio in the standings currently, um, because because uh, while, while we own the tiebreaker over Northeastern, I mean over Northern Missouri State, we do not own it over Pitt State. Um, so that that I'm not exactly sure how 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 it's going to go, and because the team that beat Northwest Missouri State, Fort Hayes State, um, also has beaten UCO. So I believe, according to the Northeastern State commentators, currently there is a three-way tie uh, atop the standings here in the MIAA. So it's going to be interesting to see here how that plays out. Now, uh, what, what does this mean for you for UCO here? Um, you know, I would like to think uh, with yesterday's win, they would now that they are at win number seven on the season, they would at least have clinched another bowl, um, which is good. Now, you know, nationally, if you beat Poya, I would assume you would all but guarantee it. Um, now, I'm not sure what would have to happen for you to move up into third place. I would assume they would have to win. And a couple of teams would have to lose. I'll try to find more about that, more out about that. And then when I uh, make the special, the total special, I will uh, put an update about this in that because I do want you all to know um, what the postseason is looking like here as far as Bronco football goes. Um, and looking at Napoleon again, uh, six and four. Now, now this is this is this is a team here. That is probably fighting for a chance at a bowl spot. So, uh, you know, this this is not going to be a, a you know a pushover game like the like the past two weeks have been. Um, I would definitely expect some points scored by Emporia this week. I hate to say that, I, you know, as much as I would like to see a four or game shutout, uh, I don't know what's going to happen this week. Um, when looking at the stats, uh, they're coming in averaging 28.7 points per game. They're giving up 26.7. So, you know, it, 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 it's right around an even matchup here. Um, they, uh, they come in averaging 167 yards on the ground for a carry, uh, 250 passing yards, uh, with 22 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Now, where they lack is um, on third downs, they are completing only 36, 36%. And then on field goals, they are 2 of 5 with a long of 30. And that is that is with using two kickers. So um, that to me right there are, are, are two areas uh, that, that is a new shield favorite right now because um, they are allowing, uh, employers allowing uh, 43% third down uh, uh, conversion percentage here. So, uh, that is, that is, that is, you know, uh, just 7% higher than what they're converting. So, to me, that is definitely an area where we mentioned keys of the game. I know I usually do it later, but and I have to address it now. It's kind of right in front of me here. That when any third down battle, well, it's just key in every game, but I think what especially is key here. Um, as is winning the second, uh, the second and fourth quarter, because looking at the score by quarter, 
Um, as I mentioned a minute ago here, and Puya usually outscores the points in the first quarter, 54 to 41. But in the second quarter, uh, it's where UCO can do some damage here because Emporia has been outscored 106 to 74. So that to me is definitely the quarter here where um, UCO wants to make the move because just like Northeastern in the first quarter, uh, UCO did not take advantage of that. Um, by only scoring seven, seven, seven points. Now, they were able to obviously get past that because of who they're playing. But this week, I think I'm going to be imperative here, um, especially with, with, with a lot of a line here for both teams. Uh, they come out there and, and do that. Now, in the third quarter, Emporia's outscoring opponents 84 to 40. But in the fourth, uh, they're getting outscored 77 to 69 here. So, if you're basing... Uh, off of the score by quarter here, you like to think you see oh, you want to keep close there in the first. Well, not naturally, you want to obviously be ahead at every time in the game, but going in, you want to make say, you know, if, if we can keep it close within the score in the first, make your move in the second, okay? Try, try to get a couple of scores lead because employers can come out of the locker room strong and in and, and third quarters. And then and, and then on the fourth, again, just close to close to close show on. Now that sounds easy, but we know this UCO team has been uh, highly inconsistent um this season. This is I mean uh, the, if you take away the three games, um against Wasburn, Missouri Southern and <clears throat> excuse me, and Northeastern, you know, you have a really inconsistent ball club. Now, this just now this three-game stretch here is great in many ways. One, uh, they're, they're wins. One, 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 one they're wins. Uh, two, they're confidence-boosting wins here because you got three shutouts. Um, and then, um, thirdly here, um, pass stats. It, it definitely passed Thatcher, especially as far as the ground game goes. The ground game has struggled here. So you have a nice three-game stretch here where hopefully some confidence was built because they have now won five straight games. So it, it, you will have to think here the confidence going in, especially seeing that there's a strong group of seniors here, especially on that on that defense. Um I am sure will want to walk out walk, walk out of Wild Stadium with a win uh in their in their last game. Uh and so I, I would like to think here they will come out there energized and ready, ready, ready to ready ready to play. Uh, now looking at Emporia's roster now, if you do not know much about Emporia, they are in Kansas, Emporia, Kansas, and they recruit a lot of Oklahoma kids. So I'm gonna read off some names here. <laughs> Of some of their key players, and you can notice some Oklahoma, uh, some some Oklahoma uh, natives in this uh, among their key players. Um, so offensively, here the quarterback, <coughs> excuse me again, um, Braxton Marshall, uh, 6'2", 207 pound senior, is not Oklahoma native. Uh, but uh, has thrown for 2,428 yards, 21 touchdowns, six picks, um, and 61% completion percentage. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, throwing 242.8 yards a game and also the second leading rusher on the team with 358 yards and eight touchdowns. So uh, we have another dual threat quarterback here. Um, 
the show has actually done well uh, defending those, um, especially against Wasburn. Did a heck of a job actually uh, defending defending the quarterback run there. So um, and they, and they did go against that against against Pitt. The only time that they to me that struggled uh, was when they played uh, when they played uh, Curry. They, they really struggled against, against Curdy, but I think that was also one of their weaker efforts uh, as a whole. Um, but since that game, the uh, quarterback runs have just not really been there for teams. Um, now, they, they do have a backfield with two Oklahoma natives. Um, the first one here is Landon North from Kingfisher. 5'9", uh, 193 pound senior is, the, is their leading rusher on the season with 850 yards, seven touchdowns, uh, and 4.7 yards of carry. It's also um, their third leading 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 receiver as far as the yards go here with first catches for 20, 20 25 yards and one touchdown at 6.2 yards catch. So uh, Landon North, their threat on the ground is to the air. And then the other back is uh, Kai Callens from Guthrie, uh, 5'10", 193-pound junior on the season, uh, has 225 yards and one touchdown on 4.4 yards per carry. So, um, got a nice, nice backfield there. Uh, two quality backs, two Oklahoma backs. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, I, I, like, I like to sit here at UCO, and I'm going to have to defend the run now, unlike teams like Kearney and Pitt State here and, and Washburn for all, for all intents and purposes here. Um, uh, Emporia can't throw the ball and throw the ball well because they have two receivers here. Um, one, Justin Brown, uh, a 6'2", 193-pound senior from El Reno, um, is the leading receiver in terms of catches. Uh, he's second in yards, 59 catches for 623 yards, four touchdowns, averaging 10.6 yards a catch. And then you got Tyler Harris, uh, who also doubles as their punter. Um, 6'2", 193, no, 6'2", 188-pound senior, 50 catches for 627 yards and 10 touchdowns, um, while <clears throat> averaging 12.5 yards a catch. So you have two receivers here, both at least 6'2", uh, that have combined for... 14 touchdowns. Okay, so so the, the 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 receiving threat is there. The receiving threat is there, which has not been there in the past couple of weeks. Um, outside of Brianna Hop from uh Wasburn, who was one is one of the better receivers in the conference. Um, you know the past two games, there was the receiving threats have not been there. Let's just be honest here, has not been there. But they're back this week here. There's two solid receivers here. Um, they're going to have to keep a, keep an eye on. Um, and then a third receiver here, Jordan Reed, another senior from Edmond. So uh, you know that uh, from, I believe, he, I believe he's from Memorial. So uh, you know he's going to probably come out there inspired <clears throat> to play some inspired football. Um He's chased one to 165, has 31 catches for two, for 329 yards and five touchdowns at 10.6 yards catches. So, top top three receivers here have 19 touchdowns. That that's that's that is no 
Um, Scouts numbers. That those are solid numbers right there from, from any receiving core uh, at any level. So um, you're gonna have to keep an eye on that. Now defensively, um, Emporia is led by three solid linebackers. Uh, Jace McDown, what a, what a great name. Jace McDown, uh, six foot, pound sophomore. Uh, easily, easy beating tackler. Um, at 106, 11 for loss, two and a half sacks and a pick. Um, then you have Gary Woods, the second from Cassidy. So another uh, Oklahoma kid right there. Uh, six, six foot, 189, have 64 tackles, five for loss, one sack, and a force and a fumble recovery. And then Logan Thompson, um, 6'3", 230, 230-pound K-State transfer as a senior. Has, has 61 tackles, seven for loss, and one pick. And then um, the sack leader here is defensive end Parker Parker Bass, uh, 6'2", 228-pound junior, uh, has um, five sacks, 10 for law, uh, 10 tackles for loss, three for recoveries, and two forced fumbles. So um, definitely there, Tyler Bass is a guy. Um, along the line and I felt much this earlier in the podcast but uh I believe it is wasn't it was Noah Hammonds. Noah Hammonds struggled especially early in that game against North Northeastern State. Um there were there were yeah there there were times there where Noah Hammonds was indeed beat. And I know Noah Hammonds is a quality tackle. Noah Hammonds is a guy that I know has been at least been a three-year starter here. And also a senior. Now, you know, everybody has a bad game. So I'm not gonna hold on against Noah. Uh I I, I know Noah is a quality tackle. He's just, Noah has gonna get done here all season long. Would expect nothing less out of Noah. Um so I'm gonna run that down as just he had he had a he had a bad game, but that still is uh, Parker Bass is definitely better than anybody <clears throat> that Northeastern State trotted out there, um, to say the least. Uh, now as far as special teams go, uh, they have two blocks. They have two block kicks on the season, so much like uh, Northeastern State, I believe, had blocked three kicks on, on, on the season here. Uh, and, and Poria is right behind them at two. So again, the crucial here uh, that the special teams make sure they they hold the blocks. Uh, we do not want any any block kicks uh, at all because uh, this could very well be a close game where every point will probably matter. Um, now, I mentioned their kicking woes early on here where they had two or five field goals. Their main kicker is Sam Dobbins here, a registered freshman who was two or four uh, with, with a long 30. And then the other kicker, Gary Schoonover. Another record name, get Clark, Clark Schoonover, uh, True Frost, um, is 0-1. So kicking right now, not their strength, which was could explain why they are 66% on fourth downs. I like to think that employers, especially if they're on their own side of the 50, um, will be going forward more times than not. Now, when they do punt the ball, however, again, I mentioned that um, Tyler Harris, the receiver here, also doubles as, as the punter. Uh, 
averaging 39 yards a punt, along with 73, three touchbacks, 11 down is 5 to 20, and 7 or 50 or more. Now, that also um, brings into account the possibility of fakes. Okay, so Tyler Holland has done an exceptional job this season on special teams. Um, we need to definitely bring the A game here again this week because of the fact that the two putters, um, Harris and then Marshall, the quarterback, also has punted the ball a couple of times this season as well. So, um, you know, the, when you, if you pair that with the, with the, with the lack of a of kicking game and the fact that you have two offensive players here that are putters definitely can't go for fakes. I remember my first ever uh, OU football game I went to uh, was against Utah State back in 2007. And Utah State had a quarterback by the name of Leon Jackson III. And he was also the punter. And I remember seeing that. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know quarterbacks punted, punted the ball. Um, and they did fake the punt twice. And then converted one time on a fake punt pass because the quarterback isn't need the punter. So I just be on the lookout for that here. Um... Just be, just be aware that that is a poss- a very possibility here that could affect the game. So special teams to me is the ultimate key this week, uh, as long as uh, uh, along with the ones that I mentioned earlier here about winning the second and fourth quarters, um, and then continuing to try to get the ground game going here. Um, and uh, so, so they can hopefully send these seniors out with a win. You know, last year's senior uh, senior night was a dominating win, twenty point win over then twenty uh, fourth ranked Chisholm, Missouri. They won that game forty eight to twenty eight. Um, that that game was uh, you know you had a you had a lot of a lot of program guys. There are a lot of all time greats. Um, Played played last game at Wallace Stadium. Um, guys like Chad Stallard, KT uh, Looper, Josh 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 Crockett. I uh, you know a lot of guys meant a lot to the program. And you and you still have those guys. You know this year you got Clay McKenzie. You know uh, stat wise one of the one of the best backs in, in school history. You know I'm sure it's going to be most for him. Um, you know, you got you got guys like Noah Hammonds, uh, you know, on, on, on defense. You got, you know, Colton Lindsay has has been, has been a mainstay this season. Um, Langston Underwood, you know, former former walk on. Um that, that that earned a scholarship in the in the in the, in the spring has made a, a good impact this year. Uh, Alex Figure Figueroa here, who has a who has a chance um, at the at the next next level. Um, uh, Malik Walker, uh, apparently another walk on from uh, uh, you know from from, from Spyro there, a, a guy that has been a nice a nice presence. Um, uh, so you know you got you got some guys back there, um, you know you got uh, and, and then and then you know and then uh, up front uh, Justin Stewart you know uh, very, a very good in uh, you know he will also be playing his last home game as well um, two 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 of my uh, two of my friends uh, in the in the uh, mass comm program here Eli Hooks. And Trey Warmington will also be playing their last game, so you know, uh, it, 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 there, there will, there will, there will definitely be, um, you know, a, a lot of 
a lot of, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say emotions, but I, I, I will say that compared to last year, I, I do feel more involved this year in this year's team. So, you know, it, 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 it might be a little bit tough, uh, you know, I would say after the game, uh, you know, just knowing that that's it, uh, really. Uh, but that being said, you know, I, I'm hope that they could go out with a with a win here. I would like to see that happen there. Um and 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 you know and and, and so they can always remember that they won their last home game. That was always important for me to see seniors at least winning last home game. because uh, I thought that's something that you carry with you uh for the for the for the rest of your life and you can look back fondly, you know, on that. Um but that being said, uh since 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 it's a home game we will have for the first time in like three weeks, we will have sound bites. Uh, we will have the press conference from Nick Bobek following the game. Um, I will do my best. Uh, again, I will try here um, to do my best if uh, if I run into any other players besides the one that I plan to uh, talk to for the special um, that are seniors here. If I'm able to run into any of them walking to the press conference for the press conference, I will for sure, um, you know, try to get some thoughts from them to share with you all. Uh, because, you know, I, I always always want to make any way I can make this podcast more involved. I will, I will do so because I think it is important here for you to be able to kind of get to know the 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 the, the, the people who I who I mentioned, you know, uh, every every podcast. Um so I will try my best to do that. But we but, but we will have sound match, we'll have the press conference. So uh kick off uh two o'clock. I know it's bedlam. I, I understand that, I understand it's bedlam, but you know you have not if you have not yet made it to a UCL football game, this is your last chance for the season. So we have not I strongly encourage you to come down to Edmond, to come down to Walton Stadium. The senior night is going to be blast. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to be seeing guys play with some emotion here. This is a key game for both teams. So again, teams this season good football. I encourage you to come out there, watch local talent on most sides of the ball now. On both sides of the ball. So I'm telling you, if you are an Oklahoma high school fan, I know there's some out there right now. If you are that, come to this game because there's plenty of talent on both sides of the ball. Um that are Oklahoma grown kids here, local kids, great, great talent on both on both sides of the ball. And um, you know, I, I, I definitely encourage you all you have not come check check them out. Kick off again. Two o'clock PM Walmart Stadium. So um that's what we do it for the for this for this uh for the, the first episode of this week's two parter. Um again we'll have the uh senior night special sometime to you this this week again uh, I'm not gonna tell you who it is I wanted to, I wanted to be a uh, a surprise I told you last time because it was so big we had to announce that um, so uh, I would definitely keep an eye out for that to come uh, within the upcoming coming days so uh, again my name is JG Smooth 
and I'll talk to you all later. Bye, have a beautiful time.